Positive Spark Plug Time, and I'm your host, Candace, and I am so excited for you guys to be joining me today for, uh, I have a Wonder Woman in the house. Her name is Mary Telford, and this episode is so extremely inspiring. She shares her journey within the fitness industry and how she first started out into creating a thriving business. We discuss this, we discuss family, and we discuss how this pandemic has flipped her perspective and how she is going to move forward once this is over. In this episode, you guys are going to laugh, you guys are going to gain insights, information, and inspiration, and I'm so excited. So, well, let's get to it. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining me on the Positive Spark Plug podcast. I'm super excited to have you on because I follow your journey and you are a woman of impact. And I need to get to that impact on my show so that all my listeners can get a sense of it and then hopefully implement it into their own life. Um, How's your day been so far? It's been good. It's um, it's been good. Had a class, a couple of clients, equipment delivery. Get to chat with you. It's been awesome. a good day. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So to get going, just to have some fun first, because well, with all that's happening, I feel bringing some fun into our lives is mandatory. So my first question is, what are your three favorite emojis and why? Hmm. Okay, the poop emoji, because I have an eight-year-old son. <laughs> so that's definitely a go-to. Um, the purple devil, devil emoji, because my clients use it constantly to describe me. <laughs> nice. And definitely the flex emoji, because, well, let's be honest, right? Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Awesome, that's hilarious. Of course you got to have a poop emoji in there. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right, so now we're going to dive into a little bit more about you. Sure. Just to get a start, you own a fitness studio, but I want to dive a little bit more into your background. Were you always into fitness, into sports? Can you tell us a little bit more about how this desire to become a fitness trainer came about? Has it always been a dream? So while I was young, I danced ballet, danced ballet for I don't even know how many years, oodles of years, um, but I was never the extremely competitive sport, didn't do team sports. Um, I was, you know, the student that played the flute in school. I was not aggressive. I didn't run. Um, it wasn't until my early 20s when I had my first gym membership and actually worked with a trainer right out of the gate because I didn't know what I was doing. Um gathered a lot of knowledge from him and then became a loyal gym goer since then. Um, kind of fell into fitness backwards, as some would say. So I started fitness on the management side and moved from gym management to regional management to problem solver and then consultant within the industry. And once babies came around and I realized that I was working 
all these hours and in all these hotels in different cities around the province, um, that wasn't going to work anymore. I couldn't be away from home. So I came into it from the other side, um, the fun side, the side that's actually involved with the clients. And that's where I've been since. Nice. So how, um, how was your first initial PT training session? Did, how did that impact you to, to move forward? Was that an initial, Oh, this is something that I could, I could do or I could see myself doing or, Oh, the empowerment that my trainer is giving me, I would like to give to others. Was that a shift in your mindset when you were first doing so, not to age myself, but so that was, I was in my early twenties. I'm in my forties now. So we're going way back. And I don't think that any part of that session then, um, kind of steered me on the path of this is what I was going to do as a career, but it steered me on that lifelong path of I need fitness in my life and I need a gym in my life. I am not, um, an at home exerciser, even though we do have a full studio well equipped in the house. I am somebody that needs that social part of it and being within the fitness clubs and receiving the energy and feeling the energy is what made me realize I need to work in that energy, not just come to it every day for an hour. So what were some of the transitions that you had to make from working behind the scenes, doing all of the desk work and, and all of the gatherings and collectings. How did you transition into PT? I jumped in with two feet. I decided it was a, almost an overnight decision. I was managing a small studio, quite similar to what I own now, um, for somebody else who would have, who had approached me, who had been a client. Um, he had approached me and said, I want to open a gym like this because the one that I was training in was on its way out. It was going to be closing. And he said, if I write a blank check, will you open a gym and run it for me? I'll be the investor. And it was that moment when I realized I'd love to do this for him, but I really want to work on the PT side and I don't want to keep doing the management thing. So I agreed on the condition that I would have a manager and that I would start training because I had gotten certified long before and just kind of always kept it up just because I was in the industry. And it was the opening of that gym and then my walk away from that gym just a few short months after that I was going to go all in on my own and all in on PT. And I started doing just in-home sessions and a backyard boot camp in my own backyard that was a total of eight women spread out over two nights a week. And now I have a thriving gym with 150 members um, that are here consistently and a team of trainers. So, wow. that Those are You've made two huge decisions within like a couple of weeks. A, p- taking on the, the opportunity that he gave you to run it and PT. So that must have been a, a big change. But then leaving it in a couple of weeks, what what was it within those two weeks that made you go, woo, maybe this decision was not something I should have taken? So, yeah, so it was a couple of months, but the decision was made because I had realized that there was so much pressure coming down on me to manage to grow, to manage to grow. And all I wanted to do was work with the clients. And I realized that I had I had a talent for training and I was wasting the talent. I think you, it's easier to find a great 
manager than it is a phenomenal trainer. Yeah. And I wanted to be the phenomenal trainer. I wanted to be known in the fitness industry as the one who got people results to feel better, not the one who lined their pocketbooks. Yes. I I went all in on my own. I walked away from a paycheck. We had two little tiny kids at home. And wow. it was rip off the band-aid now or never. And oh my gosh, what it's amounted to in the last four years now, I think. I never thought I'd have my own price. Never in a million years. So what were what were some of the strategic plans that you that you jumped into? Like how did you get clients to your house? How did you manage to slowly start collecting? What were some of the tactics that you had to do to get yourself to where you are? So I started very easy, very simple as many do. The great world of Facebook. I created a business page. I started following some people that I admired within the industry. I think you and I have a couple that are very similar. Sergeant yeah. Durkin, they fired me up. And that loud personality. So, so drawing from, you know, some of my teachings over the years, um, created a Facebook page, but always maintained, um, going back all these years, I have never ever trained for a physique or a look. I have always trained for better health. And that is how I promoted myself primarily to women at the time. And that was what my was doing some outreach, talking to people, um, and started to pick up a couple clients. You know, a couple were in my community that knew me, which led to a referral and it kind of just snowballed. So from Facebook came Instagram and then I started renting a community center because my backyard wasn't hacking it anymore. <laughs> and then a school gymnasium and then two school gymnasiums and more nights. And it all became this great referral. And I should not say that I didn't do this living in a big city. When I started my business, I lived in a tiny little town called Salina that didn't even have a stop sign. Oh, wow. And I started it there and grew from there. Wow. I driving to this tiny little town to come do my classes. That is phenomenal. That's what you want, though, right? Like, you want the gym that people flock to you. Yep. And That's so now amazing. we moved 10 minutes south, and I'm in Bowmanville. Um, so definitely a bigger, a bigger pot, a bigger community. Um, but even now, to this day... Well, I'm very active on social media, as you know. Um, the majority of my business comes from referrals. Wow, that's the best that I find. I find word. Yes, it's, it's exactly. It's a compliment. Word of mouth is the best way to get clients because you know it's coming from a pure source. Absolutely. We have so many women that start, and then they refer their husbands. I oh, nice referrals from other local personal trainers who couldn't work with that client's needs. Wow, to have one of your competitors send you clients? And now we've had two of them, three of them, I think. It's been, what? It's been amazing. Yeah, That's so awesome. Wow. So, wow. So within all of this journey and, and changing and growing, you can't do it alone. And speaking of mentors, how did you utilize your mentors and who are some of them? Uh, so mentioned Sergeant Ken and, and Todd Durkin. Um, 
I learned a lot from somebody. I'm not sure if you know Adam Ferguson. He is yes. a master trainer. He was probably the very first person in the industry that gave me some confidence that I could do this. Um, so pulling from them, and you'll, I know you know all three of them, so you know they're all very kind of out there, big personalities. And I thrive off of that. And I always remember something Sergeant Ken said before I present a class, before I start. And that is, you need to greet every single person that comes in for class. And you need to make it feel personal. So pulling on these little nuggets along the way is what I've used. Just tiny little things. And then I make it my own. And I never leave with a business plan. My entire business is from heart and I do it old school with a day timer and a pen and I don't follow a business plan. My rebirth that I'm coming to now with COVID is from heart and has nothing to do with a business plan. Wow. Wow. Yes. Sergeant Ken has such a way of really knowing how to tap into what you need. And it's not like I'm giving it to you. It's just this little, this little tip of knowledge or inspiration is going to help you become so much better. I met Sergeant Ken, um, at CanFit Pro, I just finished um, a start jump class where you use the trampolines, and I managed to get one of their shirts that they were giving away. And as I was leaving, I was heading down to boot camp with the boys, and the guy comes running over, and I didn't catch his name, but he's like, are you going to boot camp with the boys? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I want you to put on your shirt. And go after Sergeant Ken. And I had no idea who Sergeant Ken was at this time. And I was like, okay. He's like, put on your shirt and say that you're ready for duty and point to your start. I'm like, okay. Well, if anybody knows me, I'm really like, ah, challenge accepted. I have no idea who this guy is. I walk into boot camp with the boys, and here's this guy just standing there, bald head, army green pants on, and I'm like, uh, that's who I'm supposed to say it to? <laughs> I go up, I say it anyway, he just laughs at me, and goes, oh, okay, leaves it at that. Well, didn't I get my butt kicked that class? Every time. Every time he saw me, he's like, you ready for duty, eh? Get going, come on, push, push, push. But he, that moment led to the next day where I was pushing a bunch of BOSU balls to help set up. And he stopped me and he said, I just want you to know that you have this spark and it lights up the room anytime you ever go into it. He says, your smile, you're contagious. And he's like, you're just like a spark plug. And he says, I want you to know that. And bing, my yeah. nickname has become spark plug ever since. It has lit a fire under my butt like no tomorrow. And it gave me that, that encouragement of my energy is what some people are searching for. 
and need. And it's okay to have that energy and bring it forth. And that's what I need to do in order to serve the best that I can. And it was just amazing. Um, right? Energy is, it makes everything better. And I, yes. I never present a class or a workout without it. Because if I don't have it, I can't expect my, my crew to bring their game. Yes, 100%. You get that energy from being active. The less active yep. you are, the less energy you have. It's this vicious cycle. Um, for those that don't understand that concept and haven't felt that concept of energy because they're not making the exercise a priority, they don't understand that high that you get from yes. being active. And once you get it, my God, you never want to let it go. Oh, my God, yes, yes. I'm, I always... One thing that that took away from me is that like acting uh, actions make you feel faster than you will ever feel your way into action. So I always tell my clients, unless your body is legitimately telling you, I need rest, I'm sore, I maybe I'm injured in some areas, I worked out six days a week, today's your rest day, don't work out, and you have strategic plans. If you're waiting for that feeling to go move your body and it doesn't have to be crazy lifting weights and throwing them around and stuff, just even for a walk or for a light run or a yoga or stretching, if you're waiting to feel that to do it, you're probably never going to do it. And that body at rest is going to stay at rest. And if you just start acting, the byproduct is that feeling you've been waiting for. And that's where it, that's where trying to get that into your client to know is so important. Just the byproduct is what you're searching for. Don't wait for that to happen. Act upon it and it will show. Absolutely. Train and exercise for the mental side because if you do, you get the gratification and the reward every single time you exercise. If you're still stuck yeah. in that rut of exercising for a number on the scale or a size of pant, you're not going to get the instant gratification and you're going to quit long before you see it. Oh, yeah. So if we yeah. train because it makes us feel good, man, you get that every single time you train. And the byproduct, guess what? That scale is going to go where you want if you're still using a scale and your pants are going to start to fit differently. And that's yes. scary on top of the Sunday. And you should yep. never do that on an ice cream Sunday. Man, you can do that to me sometimes. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. So I, going on with your journey, you've had mentors, you started working. As it started getting bigger and bigger, mm -hmm. and you've already started renting out two gym, gyms, what were your thoughts of of gaining your own gym? Like, how did the process think, okay, I've already kind of opened and operated one gym. Yes, I had help from somebody, but how am I going to tackle this on my own? Um, on my own, um, knowing that I will have to be on the back end, which is why I left the, the last gym, and also be in the front and training and doing boot camps. So how did that process come about? Because that's a big jump. It's a big jump. So the challenge became, I was renting school gymnasiums. And of course, you're at the mercy of the board of when they want to give you a permit and when they don't want to give you a permit. And oh, there's some snow, so we're canceling your permit. And you're pulling your hair off. You've got 23 women for boot camp tonight. And you've got three hours notice to contact them all and say, class is canceled. So that was the first 
major stressor and major eye opener that made me go, hang on a sec. I cannot run a business with 65 clients where somebody can pull the plug on my program. And then you yeah. go to the gym on holidays and you can't get the gym in the summer. Um, it started becoming a stressor. And the only option is either A, go work for someone or B, open my own gym. And maybe it was a little bit of cockiness that came into play. I decided I have been doing this far too long to go take instructions from somebody else about how I'm going to coach and, and my program. So I'm going to open a gym. So I mulled it over in my head silently for about mm, 30 minutes. And then I told my husband and said, this is what I'm going to do. And I've got a big ass wish list of what I want. I want an industrial building. I want a roll up garage door. I want this much square footage. And he said, we live in Bowmanville. There's not a whole lot of say to pick from. You got a big list. So he was right. So without giving it much more thought, that Wednesday night of boot camp, because Wednesday night crew is just, they are a different breed of women. We had finished kettlebells because I was now hauling 60 kettlebells in my van to class every Wednesday. Wow. Yep. Um, I blurted out on, you know, that wonderful endorphin kick that you get? <laughs> yeah. I said to them, without having a location and without actually solidifying anything at home with my husband, you guys rock, I'm going to open a gym this year. And that was it. And then I went home and said, we have a problem. <laughs> so that was in January of 2019. I had no leads on a building. I had no budget plan, no business plan, but I had a promise that I had to fulfill. So I started working with a realtor, found nothing that I wanted. I was open to leasing or buying, couldn't find anything that was going to work because I'm loud and you can't yell when there's like apartments upstairs or something. I know. So I was working with a branding company who is ironically in this building. And she said, you're looking for a space. I said, I am. And she said, well, we have people downstairs who are just moving out. What are you looking for? And I told her. She brought me down. And again, without consulting with my husband, I went, I'll take it. <laughs> so that was in June. So I went home and I said, look, I found a place. They're sending me over the lease. And we got it all from sign the papers, got the keys three days later. And from the day I got the keys to the day I opened was 10 days. Wow. So we laid the floors, we painted, we didn't have contractors. We had a whole lot of friends help. We got in equipment. I went out to Treadmill Factory. I have a great connection there, Blair. He's awesome in the commercial department. And he set me up and had stuff delivered within like 48 hours and rolled up the door and had a lineup of people registering for classes on the grand opening. And that was it. That is phenomenal. Holy smokes. I don't do anything traditionally. I do everything based on, yeah, that seems like a good idea. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yes. And so that's amazing. <laughs> now, I have a couple of things because... I want to dive in because this, I feel people will get some insight from this. Now, obviously, all couples and marriage couples are different. <laughs> what 
was it legitimately just a, a out of an excitement or was it a a sense of I know I can switch my husband's mind so I'm going to do it or did you know in your heart okay if I just say yes I'm taking it my husband will be on board because I know there's some people that like that that quick judgment or that quick thought and jump on action can be perceived can be perceived differently from the spouse. Not not mm-hmm. as if they don't want it, but like, well, why didn't you just talk to me first? Yeah, of course I want you to do that, Mary. But why wasn't I involved in this in the aspect? Can you talk a little bit about that because that's a huge. It is. So I um I am married to an amazing amazing man who we are genuinely polar opposites. He is a very quiet executive within a global company. He works from home. He travels a lot, um, but he is a very private individual. And you don't see a lot of him in my social media because he's private. Yep. But with that privacy and that quiet demeanor comes so much pride and trust and confidence in what I want to do. And I never for a second doubted he wouldn't be on board and cheering me on from that dark room in the quiet, you know, that quiet corner kind of thing. He may not be front and present when I do these things, and you'll normally see my parents out front or all my crazy friends out front, which majority I've met through this, this gym and, you know, my shenanigans before this. But my husband wholeheartedly stands behind every rash decision I've ever made because that's what our marriage is. He is oh, good. quietly strong and passionate about all the same things I am. Oh, I've never worked out in my gym a single day and I've never coached it through a workout. Ah, he's a long distance cyclist, and I am not. <laughs> yeah, that's so he just that's his way of releasing and moving his body. He just goes for a good long cycle. So we have that's a awesome. In the basement, he weight trains down there, but we don't exercise together, and he cycles multiple times a week. Um, long distances, solo rides, not with a cycling club. He's he's a quiet person, so that's I guess that makes room for my loud. <laughs> yeah, and and that's perfect, right? It counterbalances each other. So you've now got your gym, and it's open, and it opened in ten days. That is, for one, like mind blowing. I my mind is boggled. You don't run off of a uh, an original like business plan. So okay, it's open. It's open. We're here. What were your thoughts? Like, were you like, it's okay, the classes are the same as the last, like, same time? Did you add more classes? Added classes, and you, right out of the hop, um, from my grand opening uh, attendance and registrations, oh my god, I cannot do this alone. So, started looking for some referrals for a good trainer. Found my right hand here at the gym, Shannon. And while she was uh, very new to training, you know when you just know? Yes. I just knew. She is not like me. She is opposite to me. And I learned somewhere along the way, and I wish I could remember who I learned that from. You never want to hire your right hand to be the same personality as you. You want to hire the opposite. And it has worked beautifully because 
As the clients come in, I'm able to assign them to a trainer that is going to be the best fit. And we grow some more. And I needed to add another dimension to the team. So then I hired Tristan and added a male trainer to my team. And we've added more classes. We've added more training times. We went from being a five and a half day a week to a seven day a week training facility. And coming to the other side of COVID, I'm going to have a fourth trainer on board. He's waiting in the wings to come in. So that's exciting. Yeah, we just keep growing. Which is so what? Personal still. Uh, yes, and personal is so important. So what are some, because this is, this gym is your baby. This is what you, your, your legacy you want to leave behind for your children and for everybody to remember you by. So bringing coaches on is not an easy task because they represent you and your gym. So what are some of the qualities that you search for in a trainer that allows them to be a part of your team? Um, you know what? I don't think, Candace, that there is a very specific quality. I don't interview my trainers. I sit down and I talk. Okay. I want to know, where did you grow up? What are you doing outside of work? What is work? What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Um, tell me about your kids, because ironically, the two that I have on staff and the one coming on, they all seem to have kids. Um, tell me about your kids. Where was your last vacation? Very, very seldom do I talk to them and say, hey, let's go on the gym floor. Can you show me your deadlift technique? Or can you show me this? Because you know what? All those things, I can teach those things. What yes. I teach is personality and empathy and the ability to embrace a relationship with somebody. You either have that or you don't. And if you don't have it, then you're not my brain. Yeah that to make it work i oh my god i 100 percent agree um empathy i find for trainers is the biggest aspect about well, one of to me i feel something that we all need to have and it's yes it's either you have it or you don't or you can kind of work towards it but I feel trainers that don't have it you can see that it's very egotistic of why they're doing the job it's look at me boasting of how much I can get you to lift this and this, but really your back is sore and I haven't fixed it. And I've been making you lift heavier and heavier weights because it's making me look good. So that's what I'm doing. So yeah, having empathy to be with your clients where they're at and not making it about you and how can I get you to be the perfect client so that I look good is so key. So mm -hmm. key. And it's, and it's one of those things that you really have to make sure that the, the, the trainer has or is willing to work upon before even having them in your gym. Because when a client or clients don't, don't see that or feel that just like word of mouth of goodness, it spreads like wildfire. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they always say that the hairstylist is also a therapist. Yes. I'm sorry. You see your trainer a whole lot more than your hairstylist. And yeah. you know, we become a confidant for so many people. And um, we have the ability to impact someone multiple times a week. Yes. That's huge. And that's a big responsibility and a massive privilege. And... As a good human being, 
you need to foster that and you need yeah. to cultivate that. And the trainers that come on board here with me, I want them here for a long time. None of them are a short fix, but they have to be good people first. And I guess if it was, if I had to look for a specific trait, it's that they have to be good people. Yes, good. Four, I'm two for two, and I know my third one's going to be great. Because do you know where I found my third trainer that's coming on board? I found where? him at another gym. I didn't steal him. He was a, he was a member at the gym, not even certified. And I'd been watching him for months train himself because I go elsewhere to work out myself. Because this place only yeah. has clients in it, so I can't work out here. So I go somewhere else, and I'd been watching him for months. And I thought, man, I wonder where he trains his clients because he just had that ability that was unique as well. So I got talking with him and found out he's not a trainer at all. He's oh. a <laughs> so we chatted and chatted and he had this deep-rooted interest in body mechanics. And I said, hey, why don't you get certified? You know, maybe we could talk about a little bit of work here at the gym. Well, he's finishing up and he starts with me shortly. <laughs> That's so exciting. So exciting. So, Wow. So you've got a team, you're building a team, it's growing, you got this place amped up and running, and COVID hits. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's been the best thing for me. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because like we talked before, we are very in-person people. We like being right in there with our clients, with our boot campers. We like feeling their energy and stuff. So, for one, how did that impact you? Because I know it must have in a bigger way. And then how did you sort it out so that you took a step back, did what you need to do because it's obviously affecting you as a person, but then go, okay, now I need to put business Mary in front and work towards creating a way for my community to stay busy. Can you work through the two? Because you, you wear two different hats okay. there. So initially it was, um, all right, we're going to close for March break. Because our classes had just been anyhow when the announcement came on. So that series had ended. But I had okay. registration for the next round, which was going to go right after March until the end of June. So everything shut down for March break got my head around it. My children aren't going back to school. My husband is still working. I don't have my parents to help with kids now because we're, you know, we're not able to do that. Um, how is this going to work? All right. I'm just not going to coach. I don't want to go online. I'm not an online kind of trainer. Um, that lasted about five days. And then I realized I'm failing so many men and women who have worked so hard at my facility to get where they are and I'm still going downstairs to my basement or into my own gym and working out this isn't fair so I contacted out with emails I'm going online this is a temporary band-aid the online I put made sure that was clear I'm offering you four classes a week everybody has access to them spoke with my trainers they're willing to go online because let's be honest they don't want to be without a paycheck right yeah so all have this natural desire to give. So then came the, I don't have equipment. I don't have equipment. No problem. I got you. And I set up like a like a, a library system. Come to my big roll-up garage door. My equipment is all lined out. Borrow what you need. 
and just bring it back when we reopen. So now I've got all my clients at home with equipment. We're going online. And the the uh, the support has been phenomenal. They've been showing up for classes. They're doing their online training. And I feel satisfied again. And we're juggling it around with kids' schoolwork. We're juggling it around my husband's schedule. But it's happening. And you know what's coming out of this, Candace? Clearly, the government is setting new parameters of how businesses are going to operate going forward. And yes. fitness clubs are going to be at the very end of opening. But through all of this, and I'm going to announce this on my social media tomorrow, I am going back to my roots. And you'll have to wait to see what that means. But I will show you because we are on Zoom and I know your listeners can't see this. I have all gear that just got delivered today because I am redesigning my entire program and offering, not just to comply with what the government wants me to do, but to be able to be more technically sound and more committed to results for my clients. And you know what else is coming with that? Probably branding our own workout planners that is going to go with the new workout system that's hitting this gym when we reopen. So I am thankful, not because COVID came, but because something happened that made me pivot, and now I'm going to adapt, and then I'm going to freaking grow big time after this in a whole new way of fitness mentality. It hasn't been done, and it is going to knock the socks off people when I roll up my door and say, look what we're doing. Oh, my God. I am so fired up for you. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Yeah. Oh, my God. So cool what just came in. So cool. So, without, can you, so those books, are they going to be individualized for each client? So, they're going to come in, like, can you give a little bit about the book without going into, like, what they get? Each like what client they want. gets a book. That okay. book is that client's journey within my facility. Oh. So, it's going to have, does it have, like, all your equipment in it, all of everything in it it um i can't say that (laughs) okay what we're doing is we are making personal training not group fitness we are making personal training affordable for everybody oh that's amazing now was this was this a team, uh, a team group effort, like you and your other coaches, or did you kind of come up with an idea and then bring it to- towards the coaches and say, okay, this is something that I'm looking into. Can you guys give me some insights? Are you agreeing upon this? And then everyone dove in? Yes. So I obviously I had to find ways to adapt. Otherwise, I'm not going to be, be able to reopen. I'm going to have to be able to social distance in here. And my facility is just under 2,000 square feet. I am not a massive space where I can say, okay, we're just going to spread out the equipment two meters apart and make this work. Um, we can't equipment share anymore, so that's not going to work. Um, so I started thinking about it. I started jotting about it. Thought about it a little more. Had one idea. Listened to a call. Revised things a little bit. And not only um, is it going to work for my clients, 
and new clients and my trainers, it's also going to drastically cut down on my administrative time because I don't have a back end. I don't have an accountant. I don't have somebody doing anything for me. I run my whole business by myself. Um, the plan, yeah, I, I can't say too much because even my members don't know yet. It is going to revolutionize the personal training industry that is so unattainable for so many people that want it. And it's going to be... I can't wait. It's going to be mind-blowing. I can already tell. This book goes with it. I can already tell. And um, it's super cool. It's super, super cool what's happening in here. So so are you wanting this to start off within your, your gym? And then are you wanting this to kind of hopefully explode for, or just keep it within you? This is, this is Mary Telford's way of doing it. And I don't want a franchise. And I don't, I'm not saying I don't want others to adopt this method. I think this method is something that's going to be very beneficial for many trainers and many small studio type owners going forward. But no, I'm not going to trademark it or sell franchises to it. I do this because it, it makes me feel good and it makes me happy. And at the end of the day, I don't need to make money off of other people. If this is going to help other trainers and business owners within our community grow and stay alive after COVID, then by all means, they're welcome to reach out, chat with me and say, hey, how'd you do it? What was the startup cost? How much did you invest to do this? And I'm happy to chat with them. And, and let them know all the details because it's just a thought and I'm happy to share it. It's Ugh. super cool. You have to come in for a workout when it's ready. You are going to love the setup. Oh, I definitely will. And that's one thing I, I've always loved about, about you and what I've gotten to know about you through following your journey is you are really authentic in, in what you present and, and how you present it. And you, there's no bullshit here. Um, there, there, there's no bullshit. Like you are very real. You're very honest, and you do everything from the heart, and that is what's key. And you do it with passion. I got one of those too. <laughs> and you do, <laughs> and you do it with passion and realism, and it's not, and it's not fake. And you don't, you don't hoard it in. You know that being a good coach is being able. To to find knowledge, create knowledge, and share it so that there's enough success for everybody. Because what you truly want is everybody to just truly feel good and feel their backs about themselves. And if being able to share with another trainer a little insight or tip to help get their clients to it, you do that. And that's, that's so refreshing. There's enough to go around, right? There is, but not enough people know that. (laughs) So I want to just dive into a little bit about your energy before we have to go, because you have a lot of energy, and that's one of the (laughs) reasons why we connect so much. But having that energy, is it natural? Do you have to cultivate it? How do you channel those energies from being a mom to a wife to coaching to having to slow yourself down to do all the administrative work? Because I know that's probably not easy to do. Because if you're like me, to sit down to write or type up stuff is like, oh, my God. (laughs) So how do you channel your energy? 
I've always naturally had a lot of energy, but it wasn't always sustainable. In December of 2018, uh, I had a planned vacation. And you know when you go on vacation and you come back and you ate and you drank and you ate and you drank and then you feel like, oh, I knew that was going to happen because I don't believe in going on vacation and not eating and drinking um, because I want to enjoy all the cultural foods. I had decided before I left and I had sent it, you know, the message out to my fitness community for accountability that when I come back, I'm going to start a 30-day fitness challenge and I'm going to work out every single day for 30 days. Well, that energy that I'd always had... Now it started becoming sustainable. So the 30 days became 50. And then some of my crew jumped on board and they wanted to do this 50-day challenge. So they got on board. And then my 50 went to 100. And then it became like the opening of the gym. Uh, when I got to the 100-day mark, I just, you know, three cautions of the wind went, I got to go 365 because it was such a habit. And that was, what, a year and a half ago now? I haven't missed a day. So... I exercise every day. It keeps my energy consistent. It doesn't mean that I'm deadlifting every day. Some days it means, like we we mentioned earlier, a brisk walk. It could be a, a gentle jog. It could be yoga. But it means that I move every single day for at least 30 minutes. And that 30 minutes minimum isn't family exercise. It's time that I carve out. It is alone exercise because that is what allows me to get the admin work done around the gym that I don't want to do, have the energy for my clients and my kids, um, and get through life because I am very seldom without energy. It's very rare. That, yeah, that's me too. And people are always like, <laughs> like, where does it come from? And I'm just like, I just, I, it, for one, I don't really know. But for two, there's a couple of things that I, I I allow myself to do. I find a lot of my energy comes from my, my gratification, my gratitude for just life. I just, I'm I'm a very grateful person. Everything I, I just love. So I just find that brings me energy, my gratitude. And then I just, I carve out time for myself, whether it's working out, silence, whatever it is. But I just carve me time, whether it's, deep breathing before my classes and 10 deep breaths and I get my mind and my mind and body right but yeah it's just finding those tiny little smidge bits of times and just taking it for you yep it's um it's key and I think we can very quickly um be overrun by everything around us but when I schedule my day the first thing I look for sure my client's schedules and my kids schedule goes in first, but the very next thing I make is that time for my workout. And if there is no time in the day to put it, guess what? I get up at 5.15 in the morning and do it because it's it's not a negotiable. It's not a, I'm too busy, so I can't today. I'll do it tomorrow. It's just not an option anymore. Because if I start that pattern, I go back to not having sustainable energy and I don't ever want to live that way again. So yeah. I have other women that have jumped on board and I have, I can't even tell you how many have celebrated their 365th consecutive day of exercise. It's kind of become a club here at the gym, if you will, of who's in that club. And, uh, Oh, that's exciting. It's really cool. That's yeah. fun. That's a fun little challenge to kind of keep people going and, and, and not have any like real hardness on it. It's just, all right, cool. You, you missed a day. Let's reset. Let's you keep going. And any type of activity counts. Yes, that's awesome. That is so awesome. So before 
Um, I ask you my final question. I just want to say thank you once again for taking the time to share your story and your information on the Positive Spark Plug podcast. And thank you so much for being such a woman of power and impact to all of those that you come in contact with. You truly are an inspiration and you do make this world a better place just by being you. So thank you so very much for that. Um, my final question for you is what is your perspective on positivity? My perspective on positivity. That's a loaded question, Candace. I think, hmm, I think a lot of it is in our control. Um, I don't think that it necessarily needs to come from within us, but I think that we can create an environment around us that will bring us a positive outlook and positivity in general. Some people, I think, can naturally produce it. And I think others need to look for inspiration and opportunity to have it influence them or spark them up, if you will. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's amazing. Um, a little insight on my, my final question is this question is what I am taking and dissecting from my podcast and then taking stories from myself and stories from my, my guests that say that I'm allowed to and I'm wanting to write and I'm going, not I'm, I want to, I'm going to write a book called Pop Perspectives on Positivity. I just want to be able to write a book on all different ways of different stories through my, my podcast guests, through my, my life journey, and just whether it's something horrendous happened, a tragedy happened, how did you find the perspective on positivity and just give a bunch of different ways of finding it. So that's my outcome of that question. So that's why I'm asking and uh, just diving in, diving in so that I can utilize it and, and have my book. Awesome. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you in August. We'll see. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Thank you again, and you have an excellent rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, my friends, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please like share, rate the podcast. It truly does help and I truly appreciate it. Also, tag us on social, on Instagram at Sparkplug Wellness and at Mary underscore Teleford underscore coach. Let us know what you guys think. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is now time to go out and do something positive and be positive.